Thank you very much for joining us in this session. Uh, I think one of the hardest things that we have had to go through as radio people with the advancement of the digital world is trying to integrate what we do with all the noise that's going on out there. So thank goodness for Jonathan Lumley, who's going to tell us about the digital blur and hopefully help us uh, with that world in the future. Can we give him a warm round of applause, please? Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it's really been quite delightful, actually, listening to uh, hear so many various speakers. Um, I was lucky enough to come here on Tuesday with the boot camp, um, and just seeing the collaboration with the, the media. Um, Joan from the CRA and Commercial Radio Australia had some really, some of the best plans for commercial radio. Um, and she introduced a marketing professor at a CRA conference about two years ago, obviously in Australia, uh, Professor Mark Ritson. He's a marketing professor. Um, I strongly urge you to just like, have, a, have a look at that particular conference from the CRA um, from 2016-2017. And his views on marketing have inspired my thinking and approach to radio, so I'd like to present the digital blur. Um, last year when I presented this conference, I highlighted a range of promotions for radio that all fit into a nine-grid box. So that's it right up at the top there. What it basically does is measures the rate of engagement versus the number of entries that you probably will get from any radio promotion. Unfortunately, what it also highlights is there's probably only nine promotions in the entire world for radio, but we mix and match different uh, aspects of it, and we then determine the numbers of engagement uh, and then you, your numbers with regards to entries. I also talked about the golden triangle of promotions. Gold wouldn't show up here, so I decided to do a blue one. So it's the blue triangle of promotions, which was to show you how you could get 20 to 30% of your audience to engage with the brand. And it really comes down to three things, and I'd be prepared to debate it a bit further if you feel that there's more, more to it than that. But it depends on the offer, so the prize that you've got up for grabs, the ease of that offer to take up that prize, how many hoops do you need to jump through, and the timing of that offer. So we're very, very good in radio to think that the entire world does listen to us. We're the most important thing in our own universe, but people have lives. So you keep, if you can get that construct, that triangle in the perfect uh, pyramid as it is, then you have really a, a, an amazing sweet spot for a, for a promotion. So that was last year. Uh, I want to expand that thinking somewhat by combining all the tools that we have available as promotions people, um, as marketers, and as radio people. Because if you can pick the right promotion and layer it, your promo cycle will pretty much be on point every single time. So last week I worked on a radio campaign that reminded me so much of why we should be celebrating radio. It was simply to hear a sound, SMS the station, answer with a phrase that pays, and the caller wins. I've personally run this thousands of times. Different guises, different sonics, but it works every single time. It's a radio competition basic, gets people listening for longer, it gauges with the client's brand, it's not going to win any awards, uh, well maybe, depending on the type of media, the overall media mix is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, but these promotions do what radio is intended for, resonating with its audience right there and then, and it's such a win for clients. Uh, for the partner and the goodwill from that association. Now, once upon a time, I think we can carry on with that, uh, that same thing that uh, Professor uh, Franz Kruger was talking about, Princess Radio, 
And it wasn't too long ago we ran radio promotions like this. Calling now, and you could win this amazing hamper. And the lines would blink, and I think Stan would probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And you would clear the lines, and then they would blink again, and you maybe clear the lines because that's got rid of the prize pigs. And then you went, okay, and you took a caller to air. I cannot imagine telling a client today that that was the rate of engagement, that your competition did so well because we had five lines blinking in front.、Um, We used to go back to the telecom lines and go, so how how well did it do? Or telecom would get hold of you and say, oh, we actually the, your line was flattened. But for the most part, there's no way in a post-campaign analysis of these days you could go, that's the engagement level anymore. Then, not too long ago, we had text SMSs.、Um, there were total SMSs, the hundreds of thousands that we used to get.、Um, and then there was the unique counts, and I do remember very specifically having a massive argument with somebody down in Cape Town as a sales AE, going, "But I can't show them the unique count. I can only show them the total SMSs because we used to go, 'Hey, we had 250,000 SMSs for this campaign,' and then we found out that 50,000 people were engaged with it. That's nothing to be ashamed of. It was just the fact that the, the metric that we were starting to highlight, to be more transparent about." Was becoming more imagined to、uh, to our clients, and we shouldn't be scared of those low figures. So it's almost like when we stopped counting hits on a website,、um, that became page impressions.、Um, sorry, let me just go back here. We shouldn't be、uh, worried about that. The page impressions and、uh, time spent on a page is just as important. What really is important here is to really start looking at your engaged audience numbers. Um, and that can only be done when you compare numbers and see if they make sense. And if those numbers make sense and matter, and we evaluate them,、um, we want to see what your before was like and what your after needs to look like. So, in terms of harnessing digital, which is where we're at, it takes us that much closer to understanding our audience at a much more granular level. So, while Facebook tells us about people's birthdays and、um, how complicated their relationship is, Twitter will tell us、um, just how popular they are. Instagram doesn't really tell us too much other than how pretty everything looks with the right filter and the best life, and LinkedIn will tell us how satisfied people are in their current job or maybe not. But radio can harness digital in its own way, with a true engaged audience or a tr- true engagement of audience. And this time, there's no bots, and that's the digital scandal, I'm afraid.、Um, we all know about the the Facebook saga just recently,、um, and I believe there's a stat that they are. Currently, deleting something like the population of Britain every single day in terms of bots. But what you can do with radio is harness the real figures and the engaged audience. And digital shifting too. I mean, who would have thought that Uber would need to advertise on a billboard? Something as archaic as that. It's just strange, isn't it? So it starts to blur. So based on what your call to action is,、uh, it depends on how well you need to get to consumer, who you're targeting. And I really think it comes back down to the basic marketing function: audience segmentation. Who are you specifically targeting, and what is your position against that? So, as an example, last year our stations created a world first, to my knowledge. And I did chat to、um, uh, Neil Neil Powell,、uh, Power、uh, from Ireland, who was showing us the top eleven、uh, promotions in the world recently. This is an augmented reality game coupled with a competition. So as I say, is to my knowledge a world first.、Um, I will play just a short video just to explain as to how we transmitted it to the audience.、Uh, we had an ambitious wish from a client 
We wanted to get listeners to collect real-life blocks and then build a house. Now, practically, that was just never going to happen. Um, so we created an augmented reality game, and I'll explain it a little bit further here. You can win 100,000 Rand that could go towards your home. Plus, you can also win 5,000 Rand in cash daily. This is the SA Home Loans hashtag Making Homes Real competition. Follow these steps to win. Step 1. Download the app in the link below. Step 2. Find out where the SA Home Loan house is going to be. Step 3. Take your phone and go to the activation point. Open the app, scan the daily image and add it to your house on the app. Step 4. Do this every day throughout the competition and you could win cash daily or the 100,000 Rand cash. It's the SA Home Loans hashtag Making Homes Real competition. See what we did there, hey? 17 steps, but actually we only showed you four. <laughs> um, this is really quite interesting because basically what it was is thinking Pokemon Go and collecting digital Lego blocks. So what we asked the audience to go and do, uh, there were various activation points. And this is where I'm saying that there's a, a mix of media. There's, there's a mix of so many things that it is a blur now. We've got a digital game where we are able to check against the audience, find out who's taking part, um, actually track those individuals on a daily basis. Um, but then they are still going down to a live activation point where there are promoters handing out leaflets. I know it sounds basic, but it all works out quite nicely in the end. You've then got somebody who scans a trigger image um, that would then go into the app and it would highlight basically as a Lego block, um, kind of like that into your, into your app. And if you went every single day to the 15 activation points, you would build up an entire house, which was really quite cool. And it motivated a lot of people to go and, and try it out. As I say, it's, you know, tremendous amount of work went into the planning and the groundwork. Uh, the finale then culminated into an event where we had three teams build foam houses, which once again had a wonderful event feel to it. Um, but the lead, the lead up obviously just being completely digital. It's good to note that the campaign broke new ground in terms of client footfall versus traditional radio. And there were many elements to the campaign, as I've mentioned. Uh, traditional FM promoting the comp, on-the-ground activations, um, and then the three random finalists, one of them winning 100,000 Rand. And the model is repeatable across a number of categories and industries. Um, then we've got this particular comp. Let me just seem to have lost the mouse. There we go. So to demonstrate, earlier this year, both Jack Rand FM and East Coast Radio ran a promotion for budget insurance, the Budget Bill Blaster. It's basically a rebranded or reskin pay your bills. Um, it's one of those great goodwill campaigns from the station, coupled with and partnered with the, um, the, uh, the client concerned. And what we basically do is get people to submit their, their bills with their stories, and uh, then we blast those irritating bills left over from the previous year for unbudgeted New Year's bills. Uh, the on-air success, of course, is the unpacking of those stories. We tell stories really well, bad and good ones, um, and it motivates other people to, to take part. Because the stories work so well, we knew we didn't have an issue with people submitting through the website, which we have done for many, many moons. Um, but what we did change this time around was to have a, a little arcade game. So if you did enter, so this wasn't available to everybody just by going onto the web and you could win some extra money. What we did this time around was if you had submitted a bill, then you got access to play an arcade game. I'll go into the figures in just a moment as to how well it did. 
but there was amazing engagement. So, I mean, it's really pretty basic. You signed in, you registered, and then you basically blasted bills on your cell phone. It renders beautifully um, on your cell phone, so it's quite easy to, to deal with. Another example of a digital game, um, over 270,000 eyes on, on the page on this one, uh, One Life Coin Catcher, where, once again, you registered to play, and then you basically caught the coins and you could win a prize. Nearly 6,000 people played the game over 49,000 times. Just think of the engagement with the brand and the brand's concern there. Uh, memory game, which we did with Dial Direct, uh, became an extension to a campaign that had nearly 17,000 game plays. <laughs> the more difficult the game, obviously, the, the, the less it gets played. Um, I think this one, <laughs> this one got quite tricky. It was basically dialing a number, and then you had to extend a number. So you had to just keep remembering the next uh, number as you dial in along. So it got quite complicated. Uh, first online game, previous uh, version of The Bandit. We had 6,500 play an arcade maze game. We just had a little icon who went through a maze, and you just had to, um, had to find him. It was incredible exposure for Times Square and uh, Jacaranda uh, with immersed and involved audiences. And these were those figures then for Budget Build Blaster. Um, we saw an unprecedented number of leads coming through to the call center. Um, nearly 4,000 people clicked on yes for a quote. That's important for the client, especially for a lead generation. You know, if we, we talk about radio having a, a return on investment um, and being very good at that, then we need to be able to prove it. Um, digital metrics do help in that sense. Um, we had nearly 10,000 people sending stories, as, as I mentioned earlier. 3,705 people played the online game, which was only available if you submitted that entry. And nearly 20,000 games were played. Pretty incredible. Um, also, something we're particularly proud of this year is creating a dashboard for a competition like the Bandit. So, Times Square Bandit is um, a rebranded version of The Fugitive, um, if you're not too familiar with the, the concept or this particular brand. So, what we did, um, which was very, very cool, we had to build on the, the whole um, aspect of the digital component from last year, which was the arcade game, which I showed you earlier. This time around, it was a pin-the-tail-on-the-donkey-style game. We rebranded uh, uh, an API from Google Maps, and you got to pin-drop the location of the bandit. So the on-the-ground game, as you might or may not, may not know, is a particular person who phones into the station, he gives clues as to his whereabouts, you go out onto the street. So there's about 200-odd people who are running around, going to collect, uh, try and catch, uh, catch the bandit, and then uh, win the bounty. That's all well and good, but there are a lot of people who are sitting in offices um, who can't take part in the game, or you know, they might get fired if they go off and go and catch the bandits for, for several days. Some people do, but this just made it a little bit easier and, once again, an immersive experience for people at their offices, that they could log on to our website. Um, this, once again, rendered so beautifully via our app or as a Mobi site. It has all the T's and C's, how to play, um, there's an extensive range of T's and C's, to be honest, and all the clues. So that immersive experience is very important for participants. So what happens then is um, it becomes an all-in-one dashboard for individuals to take part. So you can listen to Jacaranda or East Coast Radio via our app. So for the user who's running around going to find the bandits, I don't need to click out to go to Twitter or Facebook. It's actually got the feeds directly from there, all in one 
particular dashboard for the game player, which is pretty important. Um, it was a huge success. We had um, people obviously winning cash all the time. We gave about half a million rand away in prizes over four weeks. Um, it proved to be a really good media mix attitude combined with our radio offering uh, to get really huge rewards. And we had to build on the, the campaign from last year. In actual fact, when I spoke here last year, we were just finishing off the, uh, the first version of The Bandit. And uh, it won best contribution by a media owner at the Amasa Awards last year. Um, but bringing in digital games as an entry mechanic for most competition has been a big focus for us. Uh, I'm an old purist, love SMS. You saw earlier with 100,000 SMSs, how many people took part. But people also delight in sending WhatsApp messages, voice notes for competitions. Social media is another entry point. And what we're trying to achieve is uh, having another way of just asking a, you know, a basic online type question to be more engaging for brands. Gamification is creating experiences in a way that places the user at the center of that experience. So with the purpose of getting the user to engage in a much deeper and emotional level. And so competitions are one of those things that have a greater recall with audiences and even some presenters, to be honest. In fact, Jack FM in the UK, um, we were quite surprised to find out, if you don't know, they don't have live presenters, I think, other than breakfast. So it's scripted one-liners or scripted uh, imaging pieces that are read over by the, the station voice. And then essentially what happens is that gets played throughout the day. However, they do run competitions to engage with their audience. Um, what you also see here is um, more links that are going through specifically to the, the client's website for more information. Radio also has huge data at its disposal. Uh, disposal, should I say. I'm also very proud of how we innovated with uh, video this year. Uh, video is now a substantial component of uh, radio, which is quite ironic. There's a massive increase in our audience who wants to see what happens behind the scenes at a radio station. They also want to know how to play the games. You saw that video as to the instruction of how to play the game. It was a demonstration of what, uh, what you needed to do. And also as an entry mechanic. So we've done it several times. On screen is the one we did with uh, SMD. Uh, it's a a group uh, that sell exotic cars up in Belito. We did a test run with this with our breakfast show. Um, Dara Mall, who has a wonderful rapport on camera, uh, basically test drove or went into various uh, vehicles. And Monday through to Friday, we highlighted a different vehicle that was available from the SMD group. Each day, there was a different clue. Those built up over the week. Now, there's different ways that you can do this uh, particular competition. But in this, this instance, we, we were asking for a, a phrase that pays almost at the end of the week. So by the fifth video, you should have had a phrase. And then we would ask you to input that into the, into the online entry form in order to win. We also ran a three-week competition online where, uh, with the Watch and Win series, we gave listeners the opportunity to engage with the brands by watching a, a series of video which showed a popular Durban chef cooking up recipes, using the client's products, uh, listeners had to watch the videos, answer a daily question uh, for their chance to win vouchers to shop in store. Once again, we're driving engagement. Um, you've got a digital component, and then you've got a very, very traditional go and shop, driving footfall. Video has been a key component for most campaigns, um, and its convergence with social media also is vital to our clients. Um, our proposition of listening to the radio, watching the content, and sharing it is an important filter in all that we do, including promotions. And Kahisa Media and its two stations with East Coast Radio and Jacaranda FM are making huge strides in this area, also of understanding our audience and more specifically those who take part in radio promotions. 
So we go a step further by analyzing this data to prove that the investment made in a campaign not only achieves results on the client's bottom line, but also provides the brand with more insight into the consumer and their behaviors. Hence, these games, um, and to find out more about the audience. It really is astounding to see that in just a, sh a few short years, promotions on radio are not just measured in terms of overall entries, though, uh, but the quality of that entry and the caliber of that engagement. It's pretty important, um, particularly with lead generation, which I think a lot of radio stations are now having to grasp with. We can't just do branding adverts or branding campaigns. They really do need to achieve results. Promotions are meant to make a splash in the marketplace and create an explosion in people's heads to make them sit up and look at you as a brand again and say, wow, look at what they're doing. Uh, on screen now is what we have available to us. It's an absolute smorgasbord of marketing tools to make a splash. So, you know, we, we, we can't go to agencies anymore and just go, well, we, we sell FM, we, you can buy a bucket load of spots. Granted, we, we love, love those clients that still do, um, and it's an important currency for us, but we do have so much more, and it integrates so well with everything. Um, we've got the, the various uh, aspects of driving footfall, lead generation, brand launches there, product launches, uh, brand or product awareness with an event, and these different campaign elements can all be added or subtracted to make it as successful as you want it to be. Granted, it's going to cost you more to do all of it, um, but, you know, radio has that ability. Uh, what I found very interesting just the other day with uh, listening to Joan from the CRA was um, their work that they are doing on the smart speakers. And if you didn't hear about it, they are obviously creating an all-encompassing app where all Australian radio stations are now available on basically one app which is pretty exciting, but where does a smart speaker take promotions? And that, that might be something else we need to delve into in the next short while. So by, by combining a promotional mix of events, competition, generic, social media, promoters knock and drop, what I'm saying here is harness all aspects of what you have thought was digital and what was traditional. The lines are completely blurred. So use all of it at your discretion, because it's at your disposal to do so. And that's really all I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. I thought we'd keep it to 20 minutes because it's the last day and it's really quite, I think, people fading fast while tweeting at the same time. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. We're opening the floor up to questions. Anyone? Except Matthew. <laughs> hey there, Jonathan. Um, one of the things that previously uh, campaigns would focus on, I think, if they were trying to go the extra mile, would be on the ground. And I'm seeing now your specific focus has been a lot of digital gamification and stuff like that. In terms of interaction, is there found to be a trade-off with that? Does it decrease from on the ground, especially with ones where you've almost comboed it, uh, like the... Uh, what did you call it? I mean, I knew it as the... The fugitive. The, the, the bandit. Bandit, yeah. Yeah. So, yes and no. <laughs> um, we find that it enhances, in, in, in terms of the bandit, we found that it enhanced it. So, last year when we ran it, it was a little arcade game. To be honest, we didn't have a lot, a lot of time to, to plan the digital components of it. We knew where we wanted to take it, should it happen again. Um, but the, the aspect of the bandit is important twofold. And what I was finding with the first iteration of the campaign was that Joburg and Pretoria are kind of village-like now. And you're probably going to laugh at me, but 
from an outsider's point of view, you guys don't travel. You, you say you do, and you get stuck in traffic, and you know, that's you traveling, but you, you know, for, for entertainment, you know, my parents live out on the East Rand. It's a day trip to go to Monte Cassino. You know, I know they're old, but um, it's, still, it's still a case of like, they have to plan to go. My brother lives out north of Pretoria. And it's like, well, he does his shopping around that area. He won't go out of the location. Um, I think, you know, obviously speaking to a very mixed audience, and you as a student will be, you know, all over the place. But petrol is expensive. No, it is. I mean, that's a very good aspect. Um, so what we found with the, the second version, as I showed you, the pin drop game, we just found there was a lot more engagement from people who sit in their offices. That's the bulk of our audience. They are listening to us. Um, it's, the game is not specifically about the 50 to 200 people that are racing off to go catch him. Um, it is about engaging the listeners who are never going to get off their backsides to go catch the guy. It doesn't matter how high the bounty is. So the digital game embraces those, those individuals who might not go out and action. And it's, there's anonymity, you know. You just pin dropping. You go, that's my guess. I think it's by Emma Rentia. I think he's around there. We've got a fantastic, um, we had a, uh, a wonderful dashboard on the back end for our promotion people that you could actually just check against what the, the pin drop was from the bandits specifically against where he was. And we got like within 50 meters, five meters in certain instances of people's guesses. So I, in a long way, I think I've, you know, have I explained everything there? Cool. Hi. My interest is in running a promotion, both on air and digitally, how you quantify its success, both on the entries and the engagement, for you to really... Which, which promotion, sorry? Like, if you're running a competition, yeah. an on-air competition, both on air and digitally, yeah. how do you quantify its success, both on the listeners that may have engaged with it without entering, and those who have entered to determine its success. Um, from Okoze FM and most of the promotions that we run really rely on the entries to see the success. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to have a 7.4 7 million listenership with less than 50,000 entries. Even though you are aware that your listeners know you're running a, a, a competition, but because we rely on either SMSs or call-ins, you can't really quantify its success, even though you know that the listeners were engaging with it. So you're looking for the silver bullet. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I, I'm not sure, did you catch right in the beginning in terms of the promotional triangle? So um, you can get a large number of your audience to take part depending on what the offer is, the ease of that offer, and the timing of that offer. And we, I've seen it several, several times where we've got um, a situation where we've run a campaign identically. So we had massive engagement. We had large numbers of SMSs getting involved in a particular campaign. It's easy, the timing was right, we hit the sweet spot. We thought then, our client was just absolutely delighted, we got them to re-sign, and within six months, we got them back on, on the air. Basically, it was the same promotion, uh, even with more prize money, so we thought we're gonna knock the lights out. Engagement was half, and we went, uh, what have we done wrong? Um, and that's why I say the timing is such an issue. So what was happening at the time were the anti-Zuma marches that were happening in March last year. Um, 
you've got to understand that radio is important in people's lives, but it's not the be-all and end-all unless you are in radio. Um, so the timing is important. Um, I, I don't know if that really explains everything. I think if you've got those three things in, in place, once again, we've got competitions where we have clients who want the consumer to go into the store, purchase something, climb up a mountain, you know, sacrifice something, and then come down and then drop their entry, <laughs> entry off in a box. It's hard to do, and the reward is 8,000 Rand? I'm not going to bother. Um, it really is about the ease of that. The second part is you've got to know that the passive audience have also got to be entertained by what they're listening to. So it can't be just so in-house as a competition that you're going, that's why we're particularly uh, anti-getting people involved with uh, promotions where the client's questions are asked. It's not inclusive. Um, it's actually quite boring. It's why quiz games work. It's why uh, stories work. It's because there is an engagement level as a passive listener. And I mean, I suppose you can only test it when you do uh, your RAMs again later and maybe do some market studies and perceptual studies. We did a perceptual study a few years ago, and one lady who was clearly a P2 market listener for us um, said that she didn't listen to us at all, but she remembered the competition in breakfast that morning. Now, Jonathan, on, on the most basic level, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen radio stations make in terms of uh, trying to integrate the digital world with everyday on-air interaction. And, you know, some of the most basic stuff that you see happening is as soon as uh, the, the presenter is about to go on-air, they send, you know, some tweets, which you know, doesn't really bring in interaction, like, oh, we're about to go on-air, today we're speaking about this and that. And it doesn't really bring much. And I see a lot of stations struggling with, you know, bringing the digital space into the actual radio show. Um, I think, to paraphrase what um, my Irish counterpart was talking about just the other day in terms of promotions, keep it simple. Um, in terms of engaging with the audience, uh, I think you need to be prepped before you go on air, to be honest. I, don't, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. It's like, let's go to the SMS line, and somebody sent us an SMS, and I'm scrolling through, and you can hear it. Um, that's not great engagement, no. I mean, you, you have a... You have a responsibility to your audience to at least be prepped before you turn on the microphone. Um, in terms of pitfalls, uh, to be honest, we, uh, from East Coast and Jacaranda's side, we're really breaking new ground in terms of the digital games that you can play and the fact that it's available on your phone via our app. We are breaking some really cool ground there. So, I mean, yeah, we're trying to break out of just doing SMS in and to win or maybe just a social media campaign. Any other questions? Well, if there are no more questions, Jonathan, thank you, thank you so much for your session. Another round of applause, please.